former student because everybody already had the packet of books in the corner, like, boom, that's your books, da 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 Our, our whole introductory to college was, was a bit different, you know? I don't even think I seen the whole campus, not the scholastic side, you know, I seen the weight rooms and shit, you know what I'm saying? But I never seen like, oh, this is the sociology, uh, sociology center, this is the psych center, this is the literature, the, the math and, 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 and arts, whatever. How do you, or a sociology center, this, I don't even think I seen the whole in the corner like, boom, that's your book. From day to day, you know, obviously from us, our whole life has been structured. Going to the University of Florida, we ain't got to worry about books like the normal student because everybody already had the packet of books in the corner, like, boom, that's your books, da 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 Our, our whole introductory to college was, was a bit different, you know. I don't even think I seen the whole campus, not the scholastic side, you know, I seen the weight rooms and shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I never seen, like, oh, this is the sociology, uh, sociology center, this is the psych center. This is the literature, the, the math and, 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 and arts, whatever. How Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We'll talk more soon. I'm going to put this side, right? Focus, take whatever it is you're making right now, and I'm telling you, we will see it completely different world, all right? I can't do some things to supplement what the education system is not providing. First and foremost, if this is your first time listening to the Move Swiftly podcast, welcome to the show. Great to have you. To my regular listeners, you already know how I get down, right into the point. And today I want to talk just the, it was earlier this week, earlier this week, as of this recording, I'm recording this on the last week. It's actually the Saturday, so the last week of June. So we're approaching July. So by the time this comes out, we'll probably be well within football season. It'll be full, well in the swing of football season and a lot of things actually this topic what I'm going to talk to you guys today about is become it's going to become very very relevant given the season that it will be debuting and will be getting published all right I came across a Cam Newton for those of you who don't know, Cam Newton Cam Newton the former Heisman winning trophy winner the former quarterback for the Carolina Panthers the former MVP quarterback the rookie of the year you know he has a ton of accolades attached to his name if you were to go and look up cam newton right now you'll see a ton of football accolades a ton of things he's very accomplished and arguably arguably this is a, this is actually probably going to be an argument is is cam newton actually a hall of famer all right it, it, that's going to actually be an argument in my opinion i don't think so i don't i don't know if he is because of you know things the way and all honestly i think what happened in cam newton's career his injuries kind of took his took him away for a little bit because of how much of a runner he was and how much of a beating his body took, especially even in his college years. There was one, let me tell you, there was there was one game that I watched when it came to Cam Newton in college. It was the out there the Iron Bowl when Auburn, it was Auburn versus Alabama. 
and they were down. This is just to give you an idea of the type of player Cam Newton was. They were down. Alabama was beating them by at least four touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Alabama was up big. This was the year that Cam Newton won the Heisman. And I, I lie to you not, if you can go back and watch the film, Cam Newton got his number called on every single play. He was the Auburn quarterback back when he was playing in Auburn, right? He's the Auburn quarterback, and he got his number called on every single play. And he brought the Auburn Tigers back to win that game, on to win a national championship, off to win a, the Heisman Trophy of the Year, first the first overall pick in the draft, all that. But that was like my defining moment. I actually remember the announcers saying that at that point when Auburn was down, they were talking about, oh, man, if he wins this, we might as well just go ahead and give him the Heisman right now. Because if he comes back from if he comes back against Alabama, as, as large as they were down, it's as huge as the lead. And this was at Alabama. This was in Brian Denny Stadium. All right. This was in Tuscaloosa. And he brought them back. He brought them back to win the game. All right. And ultimately win the national championship. He, again, needless to say, He's a damn good football player. Whether he gets into the Hall of Fame or not, it's probably one of the best that we will ever have seen do it, all right? So Cam Newton now has a podcast that I believe he calls Funky Friday, and I don't I don't watch every episode or anything like that, but one of the clips, one of the clips had popped up on my, on my YouTube feed, and I just happened to watch it. I just happened to watch it because I've been, you know, it's been so long. Well, no, no, the reason I watched it was because the pivot. He had the pivot podcast crew so we had Channing Fry, he had Ryan Clark and he had Fred Taylor on his podcast excuse me and I listened to the episode in which Cam Newton was on the pivot podcast and it started it started to get mentioned things that were they're starting to become whispers about is it time for Cam Newton to retire all right is it time for Cam Newton to retire now Seeing that he had the crew, he had the pivot, the famous pivot podcast that everyone knows about from Ryan to Channing to Fred Taylor, seeing that he had those three on his show, that Cam Newton had those three on his show, he started to bring it up again. He brought it, he started to resonate with them a little bit because if you go back and you listen to the pivot podcast in which Cam Newton was a guest on, Cam was, there was some pushback there. There was some pushback. There was Channing saying, look, it's time to retire, Cam. And Cam was like, hold up, I ain't done yet. I ain't done yet. I remember listening to that. I remember actually listening to that. It was about a year ago. And I remember listening to that. Cam Newton was saying, look, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for us to get to this boy because I ain't done playing yet. I ain't, I ain't retiring. I can still do my thing. And, you know, now that it's been a year since that time and he's got them on, he's, you could feel his energy like, man, this might be it for me, man. This, this, this might be done. I might be. I might be done. I might officially have to retire from playing football, right? So as he was bringing, as he was broaching this subject, Cam Newton brought something up that I, that really, really hit home. It was a real trigger for me, and I want to discuss it with you. It's all about books, reading, the, the what we actually do to our great athletes, what we actually do, the structure, and is it actually helping them? You know, what, what, are we enabling as adults? We'll say it like this, as adults, as the coaches, as the mentors, as the adults in this business, whether you're in the education business, the athletics business, or the fitness business, it's our responsibility to set up these young people, set up these young people for them to have a very successful life after football and for them to know specifically, know specifically what it is they want to do 
if their playing career ended today. All right. I have to say it just like that. This is what I want you putting in your head, whether you're a mentor, a businessman, a, a business owner, or athlete, anybody that's looking at me that's very, very passionate about this or listening to me, I should say, that's very passionate about this world. I want you to ask yourself, if your playing career ended today, will you be ready? Will you be ready for what's next? If your playing career ended today, because I, I hate to say it, I, I sincerely hurts me and crushes me to have to tell you this. If I'm the first, if it's the first time you're hearing this, your playing career can end today. I don't care where you are. I don't care whether you're playing in the NFL or you you just started a, at a youth at some startup youth league organization. All right, it can end now. So you got to be constantly, constantly preparing or setting yourself up, setting yourself up in situations in which are going to help you for what's next because it could end today. And I got to tell you, we're not doing the best job of that. We're not. We're not. All right. Especially we're not doing the best job of that. It is not something that we make a priority. It is something that we need to start making a priority. So by the end of this episode, I'm going to have you convinced, convinced that we need to continue. Like we need to take athletics. Here's the, here's my a proposed solution. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk to you guys about the problem in a second, but I want to just put the solution out there for you now, for you guys to understand it. All right. Because Cam Newton, this is what Cam Newton said when he was talking about approaching retirement. He was, this is what, this is the thought that he was struggling with. This is the thought he was struggling with. He said, look, when I, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably just add the clip to this, to this episode. He goes, look, when we went to college and he, like I said, he's talking to three other NFL players, three other, well, Fred Taylor is potentially a Hall of Famer, but three other Channing and Ryan Clark are just, were just great players, but they're not Hall of Fame type players. Fred Taylor is the only one in that was in that crew that potentially could be in the Hall of Fame that could, that was even on, potentially on Cam Newton's level. He never got the league MVP or anything like that, but when he was bringing up the whole retirement thing, Cam Newton said, look, you guys already know, you know, our life is structured. I mean, he, he was talking about University of Florida. He's like, look, all we don't got to go get our books. Our books are, you know, all the packets of books right there for us, for us to read. Everything is already in structured. And uh, he, he, even, <laughs> he even went as far as to say, look, there's parts of the campus that he still didn't see. He didn't see the scholastic side of campus at all. He knew where the weight room was and he knew where the football facilities was. But outside of that, he didn't even know what was going on and whether it was at Florida, he started out at Florida or whether it was in, whether it was at Auburn. He didn't, he just knows where the football stuff is and that's it. All right. And the reason that it was such a trigger for me is because I went to, I, I attended, I played for two football programs, right? One was a division two school in East Jefferson City, Tennessee, named Carson Newman College. And the other one was a Division I program named Stony Brook University in Long Island, New York, right? And at least back during that time, Stony Brook was not the, the Division I program that it is today. They didn't have a deal with Nike at the time. It was New Balance, and they weren't where they are today in terms of the facilities in terms of the program and all that kind of stuff and they were still able but they were still able to give out full rides they were still able to give out quote and quote full scholarships and make it so you know young players or football players didn't have to pay to go to pay to go to school they got to get their education for free at Carson Newman however Carson Newman 
it was a division two program. And there were even there was at some point there were several, several actually starters. There were start starting players, players that were probably better, better. There were some players at a division two program that were better than the ones that I met at this division one program in New York. They were still coming out of pocket. They were still having to pay for books. They were still having to pay a little bit for tuition. It wasn't a whole lot of money, but at the division two level, you only get a certain amount of cash for the players. So they know how to divvy it up in a certain way. They know how to, you know, they don't use it all. They don't give out a full scholarship for one guy and then not have enough money for the other other players that they want to bring in, or whether it's a division one guy that has to come in and transfer or, or transfer down because they, you know, they failed out or they didn't work out at the division one programs. They take a lot. They as a division two player, the reason there were actually players at Carson Newman at this division two school, there were players that were better than the ones I met at Stony Brook is because there was a lot of great talent that came from the division, like high division one level, like Virginia tech type level. And they just had to transfer down to a division two program and go to a school like Carson Newman, whatever. Right. So I remember again, being at Carson Newman, being at Carson Newman, and there was a struggle. There was a struggle on, there was all of us struggling on how are we going to buy our books, right? There was, there was like, you know, as teammates, we would get together. If one person, if we were all in the class, at the same class and all that kind of stuff, ne never, at no point did all of us have to buy books. Because if we were in the same class, we look like, I'm going to just use your book. I'm going to use your book, use your book, all that. We weren't getting free rides or anything like that, right? So we weren't paying for books because we actually had to pay for the books, right? So when I got to Stony Brook, the reason I was so I was so disgusted with the whole free book situation is because not only did I I didn't go straight from Carson Newman to Stony Brook, I actually spent some time at a at a community college because I had torn my ACL, and this is when I was just around regular you know regular folks that were going to school, working and going to school, and they, they again they paid for their books, they had to pay for their books, they had to pay tuition. And they have to, excuse me, they have to pay for their books. And, you know, in some situations, especially across the Newman, you have to pay for your room and board and, and pay for your meals and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff is included. And when I got to Stony Brook, I was, this was the first time I was actually interacting and around folks that didn't, weren't paying a fucking cent. They weren't paying anything. All right. Everything, room, board, uh, tuition, books, everything was paid for. All right. I was this was the first time that I was around scholarship guys, guys that were on full scholarship, not having to pay a cent. And I had seen the previous two years, I had seen my not only seen it, but myself struggling, like struggling just to get through certain things and trying to budget and figure out what I needed to pay for and what I needed and all that kind of stuff. And I get to Stony Brook, I'm around full scholarship guys. I didn't expect to have to hear any complaints whatsoever. I didn't, have, I didn't expect to have to hear complaining whatsoever, yet I did. I did. I heard actual people. I had heard players complaining about bullshit. Here's it. I'll give you an example, all right? There was a player. There was one of the players was on the, was on the team. This is my first year when I got to Stony Brook. And I remember there was a situation. There was a situation. It was early on in the year. Early on in the year. <laughs> Early on in the year. And you got to think, keep in mind, because I was a walk-on and classes had started and all that kind of stuff, I'm, I have to pay for my books. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to hook up with a little shorty here and there. I'm meeting little girls that can, 
you know, hook me up or hook me up with they book. And, you know, I do a little, what can you do for me kind of thing. You know, I was, I was, you know, trying to kill two birds with one stone, pick up on some honeys and then figure out how to use her book in class and all that kind of shit. You know, I'm bargaining and shit like that. And my teammates who were on full ride, they didn't have to worry about that. They, some of them had their books laid out, had their books. They were given their books for free. Here was their issue. Here was their issue. All right. Here was their issue as a scholarship guy. And there was a player, and I'm sure he was not he was not the only one who felt like this. It's just what I actually had I heard with my own ears, right? There was a player who I, I remember I was having lunch with. It was him, it was him and several other other teammates who were upset, who were complaining about the fact that they had to go into the bookstore to pick up their free books. All right, let me let me break this down for you. Break this down for you. This, I, might, I might get long-winded on this one because I got I to gotta give you the visual. All right. So Kenneth P. Laval Stadium, which is located on Stony Brook's campus, you go to the cafeteria to eat your, you eat your fucking lunch and your breakfast. All your meals are being eaten and the classes are all down this row in this hallway, right? You have to walk past the bookstore. You got to walk past the bookstore to get to practice every day, every day. You got to walk past the, you got to walk past the fucking bookstore to get to practice every day. And this player is complaining about the fact that he has to go in the bookstore, show the book, show the cashier, the voucher, whatever the fuck it is that the coaches gave him and say, Hey, there are some books that are supposed to be for free for me. He is upset about the fact that he has to go inside the bookstore, pick up his free books, and he's like, oh, man, it's Stony Brook shit, man. See, they, they don't treat us right here, man. It's bullshit, y'all. What the fuck? You, you have to go pick up your free books, and you're upset. The same bookstore that you walk past every day to go to practice, you're upset that you got to go inside the damn bookstore to get your free books? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, you would think that that, like, you would think, that that's as crazy as it got, all right? Like, you would think that, okay, you know, hey, that is just a player who doesn't appreciate the opportunity or he's, he's just spoiled or whatever it is. You would think that. Then this happened. This is the ultimate thing to happen. And when Cam Newton said what he said, it brought me back to that time. And it, it makes me think about what exactly are we enabling as adults? What exactly are we teaching our young athletes as, a, as adults? What structure are we putting in place for them to grow? And is it a structure that's ready for them to grow? Because here's what happened. Here's what happened the next year. Like I said, I was at Stony Brook for two seasons, for two seasons. And it got to the point, even though I had years of eligibility left, it was too much of what I'm talking to you about now, where I was suffocating. I couldn't take it. I couldn't take the nonsense and all the enabling that was going on. And especially at a program in which there were, there were division two programs. I'm telling you, there were division two programs that would have beaten Stony Brook. If it was a head to head game, I'm telling you right now, at least at the time I played, there were division two programs that would have beaten Stony Brook on the field. In fact, the, the division two program that I came from Carson Newman, we beat University of Chattanooga. We, uh, yeah, we beat the University of Tennessee Chattanooga, which is a Division One program. We beat them in an actual game. So we were, again, we we're FCS level type of a Division Two program, right? So the next season, while I'm getting back to when I was at Stony Brook here, the next season, this is what, this is what Coach P and the, the academic staff and all the coaches did 
they, instead of actually calling out the players who didn't go and pick up their free books, this is what they did. And they decided to have all the books, all the books that for the full scholarship guys, all the books that they would need for all their classes, they had them all laid out in the academic center. In the, I believe it was the Gold, the, the Goldstein Center. They had it all laid out for them in the, the offices of the academic advisor for football and everything was laid out so they didn't have to go into the store and pick up their free books. I was sickened. It was disgusting. It's like the minute, and the minute Coach P, this is what happened, this is where I, I actually kind of lost respect for Coach P. Coach P, after he announced where the books would be, he looks at the, he looks at us as he looks at the team, he looks at us and he goes, All right, we made it easy for you guys this year. All right. As if like that, that doesn't help. That doesn't help the kids. So here's what happened. And I'll, I'll give you the result, right? And I'll move on to my next point here. Well, the point that I actually planned on making before I tell, started telling you this. But anyway, that's that's how we roll on this show. We keep it 1,000% impromptu speaking. As you can see, I speak about very passionate things I'm very passionate about. And it's all organic conversation. Again, I'm over 400 episodes in. By the time this episode comes out, it's probably going to be around 450, closer to 500 episodes in on this show. And we just keep it all the way funky, right? Just like Cam Newton's podcast. It's called Funky Friday. Let's Keep it funky. We're keeping it all the way a thousand here, right? So check me out. Throughout that time, throughout that time, all right, throughout the entire semester, I remember because, again, I was a walk-on. I was never on scholarship or anything like that. They were talking about putting me on scholarship, but I, I, I didn't pan out on the playing field or whatever it was or whatever the reason was. It, it's water under the bridge at this point. By the end of the semester, by the end of the semester, I'm talking like by the time finals were starting to happen, we're in finals week and, you know, the semester's closing up. I could remember seeing a walking past that academic center and still seeing the same stack of books that some of these, the same free books that, you know, again, myself, like millions of regular students out there that are struggling, they're putting themselves in debt, they're using credit card debt to pay for their books, they're, you know, hooking up with whoever they need to hook up, they're sleeping with whoever they got to sleep with to get books, you know, or they're they doing all sorts of unethical, immoral shit just to get through college. I see these free books that the athletes have, they're just sitting there and they haven't been touched for an entire semester, an entire semester, these athletes who are on full ride, not paying a dime to go to school, get themselves a free education, get themselves the piece of paper, you know, an opportunity of a lifetime, an opportunity of a lifetime. And you are sitting there. I mean, they, they are walking past these books every day and they still have yet to pick them up. I'm going to let that one sit. So a whole semester goes by, you get your free books, and a whole semester goes by, and you don't even pick them up. So the coaches went out of their way. They went out of their way to make it so you didn't have to walk into the bookstore because that was such a hassle for you. That was just too much. I guess it was too much strain on your legs, or you, you wouldn't be ready for game day, or whatever the fuck it is, whatever fucking excuse it is you have. You couldn't walk in the bookstore to pick up your free books, and then they make it so they make it so they put the books right there for you to pick up and you still don't get your damn books. That's how ridiculous some of this shit is sometimes. So when, when I go back to what Cam Newton said about, you know, uh, again, everything was laid out for him and, you know, the lives were structured and all that. 
I, the question has to be asked because, again, I've clearly stated the problem. We're giving the athletes too much. We're giving the athlete when we talk about full ride and we talk about making it so they don't have to pay for tuition and all that kind of stuff. It's too much. It, it's just ridiculous. And we have to make it so it's kind of a year to year. We're actually, it is kind of like that. If you don't perform to the best of your ability, if you don't perform to the best of your ability on the field, if you don't pan out, I will admit, I will say that you do get sent home and things like that. But when it comes to preparing you, preparing you for what's next in life, here is the solution. I'm going to propose a solution. This is what I do on the show. I, again, I present a problem. And today the problem is clearly we're not doing enough to engage the athletes in more of an intellectual way. Again, we have all the resources in the world to make it so they get better athletically, that they're, they're maximizing their potential, maximizing their abilities to play the game and play. But when it comes to the intellectual aspect of it, what we have to do, what we have to do, and this isn't just me plugging my own intellectual property. I do that. I, I don't need this particular show to do that. I do it every single day. But the reason, the reason that I do it, the reason that I put so much intellectual property out there that's specifically made for athletes to understand is because of the huge, the incredible need that it fills. It fills a huge hole, a huge void in the, the athletic department space. All right. So if you have the problem, if you have the problem, and I'm, I'm on my solution here, if you have the problem that I just laid out in which athletes are being given free books and they're not appreciating the opportunity, they're not appreciating the opportunity that they have to get a free education, to be on full ride, to be on these campuses, then we have to pack, the, we have to pack these college campuses with educational material intellectual property that relates to the athletes so imagine imagine if my book for example my book one of one of the book one of the four books i wrote is called titled the six-figure athlete if we were to explain to athletes look this is a book that you need to be reading because they're athletes just like yourself just like the people just like people just players athletes or former athletes are doing some great things in the world now who were just like you playing the game, just like you. And again, like for myself, speaking for myself, the ACL torn, or, you know, they just happen not to be good enough to go to the pro or whatever, to go pro, whatever it is, or whatever the reason is that they're not playing anymore. They were just like you. And they're telling their story as a way for you to get yourself better, get yourself ready for the next phase in life. That needs to be one of the things that we are primarily, that we're primarily selling athletes on. We don't need to approach it and say, oh yeah, you're getting a full ride, you're not paying attention. Don't get me wrong, that stuff is great, but you also got to make sure you understand what we have to offer. What are, we, what are you learning on this campus? And don't give me this bullshit about you're going to get to go be a business major, or you're going to get to go and you know study sociology and then study the things that you need to be pre-med and all that. Not to say you can't do it, but we already know for the top, top tier athletes that the top, top tier athletes that need that are known and that are getting a lot of people excited, that bring a lot of attention, a lot of money to the university. They don't have time to go and study the way they need to. They don't have time to really go and do the internships and make it so they're learning from the professors that they need to learn from. They don't have that time to do that. And just like Cam Newton said, everything becomes structured. Everything, you know, you forget about everything else and 
you block everything off and now you're just focused on this one thing. And God forbid, especially in the, in the case of somebody like Cam Newton, where injuries over time, injuries just kind of wore his wear and tear, kind of worn apart. Now there's a ton of confusion on what exactly is going to be next, what exactly is going to be next. And that is the proposed solution. The proposed solution, again, go to makeyourmove.com. M-A-K-E-Y-A-M-O-V-E.com. You're going to see a link there that says NIL valuation, NIL info sessions. What I've done is, is I've organized NIL info information sessions in which it's completely free, completely free information for athletes at the middle school and high school level who want to attend and want to have aspirations, have ambitions of playing at the collegiate level, now you got to understand it isn't about this guy coming in and saying, okay, here's a full scholarship. Again, if you can get that, nothing's wrong with that. I'm 1,000% I'm I'm with you. I'm happy for you. But the questions have to become, the questions have to come up as, a, as the family, as the athlete who is being recruited by this aggressive salesman that's a college coach, you got to start asking yourself, asking him, okay, is there opportunities for me to run my own business? You know, how... This is what I learned about the NIL at this NIL info session. This is what I learned about this company. This is what I learned from reading the six-figure athlete. This is what I learned from reading Swiftly. This is what I learned from reading Work on Your Game or Thrive After Sports. So I listened to the Pivot podcast, and this is what I learned. Can you address that? Can you make it so I can you know, come in and study the things that I want to study and ex- and explore, explore, just simply explore some of the things that I may be passionate about if playing does not work out and really feel his answer, feel his answer, because that answer is going to tell it all. If he gives some bullshit answer about, oh, yeah, well, you know, some of our players do this or some of our players do that. And he, he, he the answer feels inauthentic. Then, you know, that's not the place for you. However, if the answer feels authentic and they say, look, yes, I am glad you asked that because I want to tell you that, hey, 99 percent of the players who want to go to the NFL aren't going to make it. If, if it's a coach that's giving it to you direct like that, that is the place you need to be because that is a coach who's giving you a dose of reality and going with the dose of reality as opposed to dealing with coaches that, that I had to deal with where on one end you, you make it one end. There's players who are upset about the fact that they got to go into the bookstore. And then on the next end, you put the books in the, in the academic center for them. And all of a sudden you have books there that they don't even pick up and all that shit. You know, you make, you enable that kind of shit. You want to be with a coach that's hard on you. That's making it. So you go to classes, making it. So he's, he is making sure he's having systems set up for you to explore whatever your passion may be outside of playing football. Because again, he as a coach gets it. He can go and recruit another kid. There's hundreds of thousands, millions of high school football players I can go and recruit. There's only going to be one opportunity for you. And you got to take advantage of this opportunity of, and you, you owe it to yourself as a player to make sure you know exactly what it is you want to do if your playing career ends today. And that, that's what I'm dropping the mic with. I'm dropping the mic with, the, with that. I'll definitely make sure I include the, the interview that I'm referring to when it comes to the Funky Friday podcast episode. I'll make sure I include that in this episode. But this episode isn't about, you know, a Hall of Famer NFL type guys. Those, those are NFL type guys who retired with millions of dollars in their bank account. This episode's for you. The 99% that won't make it to the NFL if your playing career ended today, 
are you ready for what's next? And if you're not, if you don't have an answer to that question, you better figure out, you better, you better, better figure out exactly what that answer is going to be. And you better do it in a very timely fashion because you don't know when the actual playing career is going to end. All right. Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. Papa was a copper and a mama was a hippie In Alabama she was swing a hammer Price you gotta pay when you break the panorama She never knew that there was anything more than gold What in the world does your company take me for? Black bandana, sweet Louisiana Robbing on a bank in the state of Indiana She's a runner, rebel and a stunner On the merry way saying, baby, what you gonna? Looking down the barrel Minnesota, North Dakota man with a gun for the quota. Down in the back.